Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise while you make your way back to your seats. Hallelujah. God is good at all the time. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We hope that everybody can stay and join us for the fellowship dinner uh, after service uh, where we are uh, celebrating all the birthdays and the anniversaries that's occurred within the church within this um, past quarter. Hope you will be able to join with us. This coming Wednesday night will be our final uh, teaching lesson on what we've been dealing with, understanding the authority of God, and this is, has really been a good uh, uh, series of lessons, and I've enjoyed, I know I've enjoyed uh, teaching it and getting some information that we vastly need. One other thing that wasn't announced that I want to make sure, because we only got, um, uh, I think, one uh, signed up. Uh, there is uh, a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board for different ones to pick a, a time of prayer and fasting to put a uh, uh, prayer covering over us when we leave on October uh, the 2nd for Rwanda. Um, we are believing for God to do some great things, and uh, I know that God um, has uh, opened up this door. Um, and uh, we're just excited to be able to walk through that door, and we're believing God for uh, uh, many people to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed and delivered, and uh, so uh, we are, uh, several people has really been doing good and supporting uh, money-wise, but I want you to know that more important than money is the prayer. Uh, that um, that can't take the place of prayer. Uh, and uh, we need you to be praying. So we do have uh, a calendar thing up on the board. Uh, and it's divided where you can uh, pick a half a day and somebody else will pick uh, the other half of that day for prayer and fasting. And uh, please remember to do so. We are going to get started in our uh, message for today, and um, I realize that I'm the only one standing between you and eating now, So, um, uh, and I, I've got to have some birthday cake today. I have got to have some birthday cake. Uh, now, Sister Darlene made me, I never heard nothing about it, but she found a recipe that's called preacher's cake. Um. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We want to welcome everybody who's uh, uh, watching by means of the live stream today. We welcome you also. We're going to be going to the book of James, uh, the fifth chapter. Um, and we're going to begin reading verse 7 of, of chapter 5 of uh, the book of James. And this is what it reads like. Therefore, be patient, brethren, 
until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Let us bow our heads and pray. Lords, we come to you right now. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for this service, what we felt so far in this in our midst today. And now I ask God that you would take the remainder of this service as we get into your word. Speak to us today, God. Encourage us and lift us up. Challenge us, God, according to your word. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, God's Passionate Desire for You. God's Passionate Desire. I wanted to put that adjective there, passionate, instead of just saying God's desire, but I wanted to include that word, passionate. In the scripture that we read in the book of James, the last verse, it said that we saw the perseverance of Job and seen the end Intended, intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Hallelujah. God has got an intended purpose for your life. Amen? Amen. And He has got a passionate desire concerning you. Uh, and he desires only the best for you. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, as I mingle around different people from day to day, and I hear the numerous comments made concerning God and various thoughts about God, I've found that many have negative or distorted views of who God really is. Amen. Um, They got a distorted view uh, of who God is, and especially his desire and intentions for mankind. And first of all, in this message today, I I want to start off by saying one thing, and I want you to understand this. If you don't understand anything else I say today, I want you to take this with you if you don't receive nothing else today. That number one, first of all, God is not a bully. 
God is not a bully. And some people act as if they think that's who God is. But he doesn't seek pleasure in pushing people around or causing us pain. It's important that you know that. It's very important that you understand that. God don't have any pleasure in pushing people around or causing us pain. The majority of the problems, and I'm just as real right now when I say this as I know how to be. The majority of the problems that you and I encountered in life, I have found to be problems that we have brought on ourselves by ill-advised decisions we have made, poor planning, or simply what the Scripture says, reaping what you sow. Hallelujah. Of course, there are some things which are just a part of life that happen. I mean, look at somebody and say, life happens. The Bible said it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Hallelujah. Life happens. And there's no need to blame yourself, to blame God or anyone else Not even the devil. The devil is not behind every bad thing that happens to you. I hate to burst your bubble, but the devil ain't half as concerned about you as you think he is. The devil's more concerned with bringing down whole nations of people. Come on, somebody. And I know for a fact... I'm still dealing with things today, Brother Jeff, because of bad decisions I made 20 years ago. Glory. Amen. If I, if I get out here and I jump in my automobile and I race on down the byway, putting the pedal to the metal, don't put on my seatbelt, and get out there doing a hundred and so mile an hour, and wreck my car and get thrown out, out of the car and break every bone in my body. And when I finally recover, if I recover from that, it would be stupidity for me to get back up here and preach the next message I preach saying, well, the devil tried to kill me. Now you try to kill your own fool self. That's plain, simple fact, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm so tired of people blaming God for everything. Right. Oh, if God's a God of love, why did this happen? If God's a God of love, why did that happen? Man, when we just celebrated the anniversary, well, it's not a celebration, but we remembered 9-11 not, you know, just a, a few, few days ago. And I remember people saying the thing about, same thing about that. Oh, that proves there's no such thing as a God. And if he is, he's not a God of love. Because why would he allow 3,000 people to be slaughtered by, amen, something like that? 
when I look at that and I see those twin towers, amen, I see the providence of God and I see the blessing of God because I read between the lines when I found out that there were over 50 some odd thousand people that worked every day in the twin towers and out of 50,000 people, God intervened to where it was only 3,000 who died. How many times have we've heard testimonies about that day where something happened or some people who worked there had a strong feeling, I, I don't need to go in today or I need to run by and do this. I, I firm believe, I firm believe today that sometimes even when you're traveling down the highway, you may get an inclination to go a different route than what you intend to go. And you think you just decided that way, but it could be God. Because you don't know what was waiting for you down that path. Hallelujah. Several years ago, several years ago in the old building on Wednesday night, amen, I got up and something came strongly upon me. And I said, I don't, and I told the people, I said, I don't know what it is. But we need to go in prayer for Ronnie right now. And we stopped the service and prayed. And then later on, we found out that there was a bad wreck on the interstate up towards Knoxville. And all of a sudden, Around the same time we were praying, we found out it was about the same time we were praying, he just had this urge to pull off and get some ice cream. I guess he is more like his mom and his daddy. Because here I'm in my office earlier this morning, and she comes running in my office on her phone, I'm going to tell you what, Google is a bad thing. Because <laughs> she comes in here with her phone showing me something that she's seen that said, proven evidence for your health that you're going to have better help if you eat ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> she just had to show me that. Hallelujah. I'm going to scramble you some eggs first thing in the morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. But <laughs> better be moving on because I dig uh, digress here. Amen. Now, all that being said, before you can begin to have an intimate relationship with anyone, you need to first become acquainted with some basic values about them. And the same is true with God. And the most important first step in knowing God is un understanding his desire and plans for you. His love, his compassion, and his heartbreak when you and he are not fully connected. So he's not just hoping to push you around or want you to mess up here or there or he's not just 
great big terrible being sitting on a throne somewhere just simply hard to please. I want to take a few minutes to tell you about God's passion and his passionate desire for you. Number one, he desires for all to be saved. Remember that. He desires everyone to be saved. In fact, it's God's passion for you to be saved. It's His passion. His passion for you to be saved is greater than Darlene's passion for ice cream. Hallelujah. And he said that desire is not just for a certain group of people, not just a certain color of people, not just for people who speak English, but his desire is for all to be saved. What does 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 say? Let's read that. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, and so as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that A-double-L all should come to repentance. Brand that in your heart. Brand that in your soul. It's God's passionate desire for everyone to come to repentance. Now this verse in Second Peter, according to the context of the third chapter, it deals with the second coming of Christ. And Apostle Peter warns the people that scoffers or those who ridicule and make fun would come and saying that Jesus is not going to return. Look how long it's been and it's not going to happen. But Peter tells us the reason of the long wait is that God is long-suffering, wanting to give us as much time as he can to be saved because he does not want no one to be lost. Why didn't he come yesterday? Because those loved ones you've got are still lost. He's compassionate about them. He's passionate they be saved. So I'm going to get one more day. One more day. Do you hear what preacher's saying today? Hallelujah. Amen. And if he don't come today, it's because the Bible said he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. Let's read that. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him come take the water of life freely. Everybody ought to look at that word, whosoever will, and says, That means me. That means me. So God didn't place things in his, now listen, as I'm talking about God not being a 
a hard taskmaster is what some people say. God didn't place things in the Bible just to make it hard for you to be saved. The precepts and the concepts in the Word wasn't put there so well, you know, we're going we're gonna to make it like so hard. No. The things placed in His Word was not to make it hard for you to be saved, but rather He gives us information in His Word concerning how can we, we can be overcomers and victorious in Christ. That's right. Amen. I mean, it's an instruction manual. God loves us so much and He desires us so much to be saved that He wrote an instruction book on what the steps we need to take. It wasn't put there just because I'm going to see how hard I can be. Let me tell you something. The Bible said the ways of a transgressor is hard. Hallelujah. So, this is something we all, we need to consider. Amen. God's passionate desire for you, number one, he desires you to be saved. He desires everybody to be saved. Let me go on to the second one. Number two, he desires for all. He desires for you to prosper. Amen. I'm talking about what a good God he is. Amen. Hallelujah. He's not harsh and hateful and, and arrogant like some people think. He wants you to be saved. And number two, while you're on this earth, he wants you to prosper. Now, I'm not talking about some of these guys, all of this uh, uh, name it and claim it and bra- uh, blab it and grab it and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But God does want you to prosper. The Bible lets us know and teaches us that God wants us to prosper. God loves, listen, God loves to spoil his children and his thrill is in our joy. Now I know that precious little doll over there, I know she's not being spoiled. And she just, I'm going to tell you what, she's watching pastor more than anybody in the house right now. Her eyes is right on me. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, God, he loves to spoil his children as well. I can't think of the times in my life where God blessed me in ways that I didn't even ask him. But I just thought, hey, it'd be nice to be able to do that or it'd be nice to have that. Years ago, I was working at a a place and uh, (laughs) I'm going to tell you what, it was rough work. And uh, um, Floyd was working at the same place. And not long after I went there, and I'm going to tell you what, they, they, 
they wasn't paying anything to. I think back then, I'm working for them, doing what I was doing. I think I was like making $2.17 an hour, something like that. And uh, we had a box car came in the back one day, and they sent me and another guy back there to unload it. I thought this is going to be a cinch, or just get a, a ramp across there and get tow motor, get in there and start unloading, you know. We got the seal broke on the thing and slid that door back, and that thing was filled uh, with with baseboard and trim from the floor almost all the way to the ceiling, every bit of it loose. And it was so close to the ceiling, I promise you, I promise you that if I tried to get up on top of that second, what I had to do first, and this was in hot summertime, I had to crawl up in there. I promise you it was so stacked so close to the ceiling. I, there's no way I could have got up in that space right now. Today, as big as I am today. I wouldn't like that back then. But I, I couldn't get up there. And I remember every time my back would touch the roof of that boxcar, it was so hot, it burnt. And got up in there and piece by piece, Hand it down, and the other guy, as he would stack it on uh, on something and get rid of it, and we would swap, swap back and forth doing that. I can't remember how long it took us to empty that boxcar, but it was a long time. And I remember one day I was walking over at break time, and, and I seen uh, a, a driver coming by uh, picking up something. And he was in that truck and uh, doing his job and air conditioning. And, uh, I just made a car. I was watching him, and I, I here I was ringing wet. And I said, man, I wouldn't mind having a job like that. And he went on. I didn't ask God for it. I didn't ask God at all. I went on, left that place, went, some, went somewhere else. And in about, in about six years ago, six years after that, rather, I wound up working for that company, driving one of those trucks. And I ran into Floyd, and he was somewhere else. And I, I think, if I'm not, not mistaken, I ran into him, I think he was in Murfreesboro. And he was, he was driving also at that time, and... Uh, uh, for another another company uh, making deliveries, and we saw what's up. So we stopped and talked for a few minutes. And he said, "Do you know what you're doing right now?" He said, "You said you'd like to have that job." I said, "What?" He said, "I remember standing over there, uh, Tennessee Building Products. You saying you sure would like to have." He said, "You got it." I didn't even think nothing about it. But God has blessed me so much. There have been times that he's given me things I have not asked. I just thought about it. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get you to understand what a good God we got today. He loves to.
to spoil his children. And his thrill is in your joy. Just like a, a mother and father get thrilled out of seeing their children happy. Amen. And they work hard and do things uh, uh, to give them things to make their life better. Let me tell you something. If you and I who are evil know how to good give good things, what's the word say, brother? God, woo, come on, give him a hand, cover of praise. Hallelujah. While in life, we are bombarded from every side and it seems hopeless at times. But God is still on the throne. And no matter how many detours we are forced to take, God has got a plan for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And his plans are too, are too good, you hope, and a glorious, to give you a hope and a glorious future. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Hallelujah. Now this is in the NIV version. I call it the nearly inspired version. Hallelujah. This is what it says. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God has never, not one time, even though I don't know everything about your life and I don't know everything you've gone through, but there's one thing I know. I know my God. And I can stand here and tell you today that God has never planned or wanted to harm you one time in your whole life. God has never had a desire to harm you and he never will have a desire to harm you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for peace and the well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's what God says about you and that ought to make you rejoice today. That ought to make you happy. Hallelujah, that you've got a God like that. If that don't move you, you are immovable. Not only are his plans designed for an eternal home of bliss, he desires for you to prosper right here. Glory. And now for you to benefit he blesses you so you can benefit others. Sometimes God blesses you with a little lecture. Be careful, don't be a hoarder. Hello, somebody. If God has blessed you and gave you a little lecture and you run upon somebody that's in need, amen, you need to show your thankfulness to God by passing it on. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I never did think about that till one a long time ago. There was there was another preacher friend of mine, and God had blessed him uh, financially over the past few months, and uh, he finally got he was blessed enough that he wasn't just carrying one or two dollars around with him in his billfold, but he had one or two hundred dollar bills in his billfold. And he told me, he says, 
He said, you know, I was out in the mall and sitting on a chair waiting for the wife to get through. You know, you've seen the pictures of the poor husband sitting there like a skeleton. I've been waiting on my wife to finish, you know. Or I've been waiting for my wife while she's in a hobby lobby, you know, or whatever. Hallelujah. And he was sitting there, and up ran came another man that he knew. He was a, he was a, uh, a, another preacher. And he said, you know, Brother Pruitt, he said, when I was talking to him, he said, God spoke to me in my spirit just as sure. He said, it wasn't an audible voice. He said, but God spoke to me. If God ever speaks to you, you're going to remember his voice. You're going to know it's him. He said, you know what God told me? I said, what? He said, God told me. He said, bless that man. Bless that man. He said, he said, and I remember the time where I'd be doing good to have a dollar or two right in my pocket. He said, I pulled out my billfold and I handed that brother a hundred dollar bill. He said, God told me to bless you and I'm going to bless you today. That's one sure way that that man I never have to worry about being walking around uh, with nothing in his pocket no more. When God blesses you, not only does he bless you for your benefit, but that you can help somebody else. That you go, oh, my Lord, oh, hallelujah. That's a God that I serve. Hallelujah. Third John chapter 1 and verse 2. Let's read that one. Hallelujah. No, not Revelation. Uh, Third John chapter 1 and verse 2. Hallelujah. I must not give it to him, but in, in, third, in the third book of John, chapter 1 and verse 2, this is what it reads like. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. All things, that's right. All things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. God desires you to prosper in all things. Now, remember what I said at the beginning. Sometimes we may go through things, and we we're not prospering here, we're not prospering there, we're not this, and it don't mean that God don't love us and He don't want us to prosper and be in hell. Because sometimes we endure certain things because of bad decisions we make. Come on. Amen. God wants you to be in health. He wants you to have good health. Amen. But we can't blame God if if we're sick all the time and have all kinds of stuff if we don't do what we're supposed to do. I hate to say it, but it's just like Shelly tells me sometimes I have to to stay away from that sugar. (laughs) Not all the time. (laughs) 
Well, here's one thing for sure about it. If I go eat a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't eat and I get sick of it, I can't blame God. I can't say God don't want me to be healthy and he don't want to heal me if I don't do my part. And it's the same way with you. God's got his part to play and we got our part to play. Hallelujah. Let me, let me move on. I, it's getting time for me to close. I want, I, there's one more thing I want to tell you about God. And that he, he desires for you to be with him. God's passionate desire for you. He desires for you to be with him. Everything up to this he wants you to be with him in heaven forever there's not a person in this building not a person watching by live stream not a person in Tennessee not a person in America not a person in Russia Rwanda Mexico, or anywhere else that God does not want them to be with him forever in heaven. John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now Jesus had told his disciples this was the night of the Last Supper, the night before the resurrection. He had told them that he was going away. And they were sad over the words that he said. So in the 14th chapter of John, he said, Don't let your heart be troubled. He said, You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. I go to prepare a place for you. Next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. He desired. Now, I don't look at this where they're coming from but when he said and I just I just want you to consider something remember I told you the setting where it was going on this was the night before the crucifixion when he said this right here he said I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place, I'll come again and I'm going to receive you to myself to where I am that you may be also. Now, this fellow right here, this Tennessee Balls fan right here, <laughs> I don't believe that it's taken Jesus 2,000 years to build a mansion in heaven for me. He created the whole in six days. 
I don't think Jesus is somewhere up in glory standing on a ladder with a nail gun. I don't believe that's, I believe there's a, there's a twofold meaning here. When he said, I go to prepare a place for you, that very next day, when he walked up on Calvary's tree and he laid down his life, then and there, he prepared a place for me. Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Because he was the Lamb of God, came to take away the sin of the world. He was prepared while the blood was coming out. He was preparing a place. I could not go before that day. I could not make it before then. But at Calvary, he made a way and he made a place for you. He made a place for me. It's waiting on us, friend. Hallelujah. He wants you to go. What about you? Let's stand to our feet.